I'm Jamila Rizvi and welcome to The Briefing, where we get you up to speed every morning with the news you need to know this Thursday, 27 August. And today on The Briefing, I'm joined by Jan Fran. Good morning, Jamila. In a moment, we're going to take a look at why Indigenous people have to ask permission or pay a fee in some instances to a non-Indigenous clothing company if they want to put the Aboriginal flag on any item of clothing. If you ask any Australian, let alone any Aboriginal person who the flag belongs to, they would all say, that flag belongs to me, that's my flag. The Aboriginal people have adopted it, they've given its value, you know. We've adopted it as our symbol of our people. But technically, someone actually owns the copyright to the Indigenous flag. And the answer might surprise you that is coming up with myself and Annika Smethurst in just a second. Before we get to that, though, the big stories of the day. Victoria's surprising bid to extend its state of emergency by another year now looks dead in the water, with key crossbenchers refusing to back it. Prime Minister Scott Morrison says people are concerned an extension of the state of emergency means current measures will stay in place for 12 months. We received many calls through offices right across Victoria, including in my office as well. There was uh, a great concern that that would occur. Now, of course, I don't think that's what the Premier was suggesting at all. But in, in these times, we've got to be very careful about the announcements that are made. Yeah, under a state of emergency, the government can essentially enforce measures such as putting people in quarantine at home, requiring them to wear masks or putting a cap on the number of people in pubs and cafes without having to go through the parliament first. Now, Dan Andrews, the Premier there, says he doesn't want to go from all to nothing. We can't have a situation where we go from stage four to stage one or stage zero. You know, basically, oh, well, we all want it to be over, so let's just pretend that it is. We can't do that. The woman who likely holds the deciding vote, Reason Party MP Fiona Patton, has told Macquarie Media that she's in talks with the government, with a three or probably six-month extension looking more likely. The government realises that their first proposal is not going to fly. So they are trying to work towards a position that we can all live with. Yeah, Victoria can extend its state of emergency for a total of six months and by up to four weeks at a time. So that's an unusual thing um, that is specific to the state of Victoria. The other states and territories don't actually have that. And Victoria is reaching that limit. So Dan Andrews says without this new 12-month extension, then all the new rules he's made about wearing masks and staying at home after 8pm would instead have to be passed by the parliament. And Jan, we know how long it takes for them to get anything done. So for anyone panicking at home, this absolutely won't mean Victoria is in stage four for another year. Either way, it will just mean the government could reinstate those conditions quickly if they really needed to. And like a bad marriage where one person is mostly to blame. That doesn't sound good. But that's how one of China's top diplomats in Canberra has described the relationship between his country and ours. And it's all because of Australia's call for an independent inquiry into the coronavirus. All of a sudden, they heard this shocking news of a proposal coming from Australia, which is supposed to be a good friend of China. It has always been. That was Deputy Ambassador Wang Xingning speaking at the National Press Club in Canberra. 
He also compared the whole situation to Shakespeare's scene depicting the death of Julius Caesar when he's betrayed by his trusted friend Brutus. I think it's approximately identical to Julius Caesar in his final day when he saw Brutus approaching him. A tout Yeah, in the last few months, China has announced tariffs on Aussie barley, beef and most recently wine. And while this has widely been seen as punishment, Xingning denies that the two are related. The least thing China wants to do is to inflict on others what China suffered or to bully others as we were bullied. We Chinese know dearly the vice of such conduct. We despise it, reject it and will never engage in it. Yeah, it's really unusual for a Chinese official, particularly one of such um, high rank here in Australia, to give a speech and then field questions uh, from journalists. Uh, I do note that at the lunch that was served at the press club address, he was served barley, beef and Australian wine, which I'm going to say is... I wonder how we got our hands on them. (laughs) Yeah, it's probably not a coincidence. I can't work out if it's um, a really, really good troll or really just us being desperate about the Chinese um, taking some of our products and plying people with good wine because they're probably more amenable when they're a bit tipsy. Everyone's gone hard on the passive aggressive. To the United States now, where two people have been shot dead by a teenager during protests over yet another police shooting involving a black man this time in Wisconsin, where officials have declared a state of emergency. The protests started after 29-year-old Jacob Blake was shot in the back at point-blank range while trying to get into his car. His family's lawyers say he just tried to break up a fight between two women. Now he's paralysed from the waist down and his family say it'll be a miracle if he ever walks again. So many people have reached out to me telling me they're sorry that this happened to my family. Well, don't be sorry, because this has been happening to my family for a long time. I'm not sad. I don't want your pity. I want change. Powerful words in a hugely emotional moment. That was Jacob's sister, Latetra Widman. Coming up next, I'm out of here and Annika's jumping into the seat. Jan, you two are going to be talking about the Aboriginal flag, why there's a fee to put it on any item of clothing. Imagine this. You're an Aboriginal footballer. You're playing in the Indigenous round and your team wants to display the Aboriginal flag on its jersey. Now, imagine being told that you can't do that unless you get permission or pay a fee to a non-Aboriginal clothing company. Well, that is exactly what is happening in the AFL. The Aboriginal flag will be missing from the field in this weekend's AFL Indigenous Round with a copyright issue preventing the league from using the emblem in any official capacity. The rights to the image are actually owned by Wham Clothing. It's a non-Indigenous company which now charges organisations to display it. So how did we end up here? Jen, this started in 1971 when Luridge Harold Thomas designed the flag that we know to be the Aboriginal flag today with the black and the red and the yellow. He originally designed it for the land rights movement and it quickly became a big part of the tent embassy in Canberra, but it wasn't necessarily accepted as widely as it is today. 
1994, Cathy Freeman draped herself in that flag and the Australian flag after winning the 200 and 400 metre sprints at the Commonwealth Games. Cathy's coming at her. She's flying home, Freeman, and she gets up for gold for Australia. But it was a pretty controversial move at the time. If I'm flying an Aboriginal flag, each and every single Aboriginal person especially can look at that flag and just feel good about themselves and feel motivated to get out there and do something for themselves. A year later in 1995, it did officially become a flag. But Harold Thomas still remains the owner of the design and the copyright, meaning he can grant or refuse a licence to use it. And recently he granted a licence to Wham Clothing. Which is why the AFL has to ask permission from Wham Clothing to print the flag on their jerseys. So the question is, who can use the Aboriginal flag and for what purpose? Well, UTS professor Isabella Alexander is the expert on all things copyright and she joins us now. Professor, for someone who's got no idea what copyright is, can you explain it to us? So copyright's the law that covers creative productions, informational works, educational works, so paintings, poems, books, films. Um, It's quite unusual because it arises as soon as you create the work. So as soon as you've done your drawing or taken your photograph or written your email, it's immediately a copyright work. And what that means is that you can stop anyone else from making copies of that work. You can't stop someone from coming up with the same work completely independently, but you do suddenly have control over any kind of copies of that work. And the other thing about it is it lasts for a really long time. So it lasts for the entire life of the author and 70 years after they die. And there's not many exceptions. So that's, I guess, copyright law in a nutshell. Mm. How does that work in terms of flags? Because we see the Aboriginal flag flown at different buildings across Australia and in different circumstances. But how does the copyright work there? So the copyright in the Aboriginal flag is, uh, the flag is a copyright work. Flags are, I guess, copyright works because they've been created by an artist and they're artistic works. Some of them are quite simple artistic works, but artistic works nonetheless. So again, that means that the person who created them has copyright and can stop people from making copies. Flags are quite unusual because they're also controlled by other laws once they're adopted as official flags as the Australian flag is and as the Aboriginal flag is. But I guess for most flags, copyright's not a problem because probably they were created maybe as part of a competition or maybe they were created so long ago that the author has been dead for more than 70 years so the copyright no longer subsists. If they were created as part of a competition, then probably the terms of the competition would be if your flag is selected, you have to assign copyright to the government. Mm. But unusually because of the way the Aboriginal flag was created uh, as a part of the land rights movement and was only later adopted as an official flag, the copyright was never assigned to anyone else, so it still belongs with the author. And when you see those flags being flown, it's probably because they were produced under licence by a company that makes flags that acquired a licence from the copyright owner, in this case, Mr Thomas. And that's what we've seen happen with the um, clothing company Wham. They have a licence from the artist. But in terms of just your everyday person who might want to use the flag on a T-shirt that they're making or who might have a flag bumper sticker or who might want to drape themselves in this flag, how does copyright affect them, if at all? Well, if they bought the flag, the copy of the flag, whether it's a sticker or a flag from someone who made it under a licence, that's totally fine. 
What's strange is that if you were to make a copy of the flag yourself, even if you're just copying it on a piece of paper, that would be a copyright infringement because you're making the copy and you don't have permission. So that even includes people probably getting the flag tattooed on their body. Yeah. If you get a tattoo of the Aboriginal flag, you are technically breaching copyright laws. Now, it's unlikely that you'll be pursued through the courts for doing that, but as Gunjitmara woman Laura Thompson found out, the threat is very real. Yeah, Jan, she received a cease and desist notice from Wham Clothing, who have the licence. And that was through her role as manager of Spark Health, which is an Aboriginal-owned business that runs health programs for the Indigenous community. That threat prompted her to start a campaign to free the flag from copyright. And being an Aboriginal myself, I just, you know, um, didn't believe that we should have to pay or ask permission to use the flag. So we've been leading the Free the Flag campaign ever since. And what do you actually want done? You know, the playing devil's advocate here, somebody designed this flag, it's their copyright. Do you think it's time for the government to intervene? Yeah, I do. And I also feel like when the government proclaimed Um, the Aboriginal flag is an official flag of Australia in 1995. They should have put that protection around the flag at that time so we don't end up, you know, with the very public asset that's part of the Flags Act also being protected under the copyright as a private asset. But they didn't do that and the copyright is still in the hands of the artist Harold Thomas. Doesn't he have a right to retain copyright for something that he designed? Look, it's a really good question and um, it's a very unusual situation that, you know, it's the only flag in the world that sits is protected by both acts. Um, I feel like this is, we have to treat the flag as not a piece of artwork in this case because when we use the flag, we use it for legitimate flag use. We don't treat it as a piece of art when we display it. It's a recognition of our culture and our pride. So I think this situation's different. I think Harold deserves fair and reasonable compensation for his contribution and for creating a symbol that Aboriginal people adopted and uh, fell in love with. And um, But now I feel like he should always be acknowledged as the designer, but the copyright and the powers to control the flag should sit with the government and be protected under the Flags Act. It's his flag legally. Should he not have a right to do with it whatever he wants and that means licensing it to whatever organisation and or company he sees fit to licence it to? Well, it's really interesting because if you ask any Australian, let alone any Aboriginal person who the flag belongs to, they would all say, that flag belongs to me, that's my flag. I mean, the flag's about to turn 50 next year and for all that time, the Aboriginal people have adopted it, they've given its value, you know. We've adopted it as our symbol of our people. So in many ways, it was the people that gave the flag value, not Harold. Um, He created a flag. When he did that drawing, it was never a piece of art. He created it as a flag for flag use. And um, it was such a great flag that the Aboriginal people adopted it. But I know that as a result of this Aboriginal flag copyright, Aboriginal people are distressed. They're not choosing to use the Aboriginal flag anymore. And they're sad that a symbol that they once loved and tattooed on their body and buried with with their loved ones is now become a symbol of greed and profit. Well, here's Professor Alexander talking to us about why freeing the flag might be a bit tricky. Well, potentially the government could pass more legislation that specifically takes the copyright away from the artist, Mr Thomas. If they were to do that, it would probably invoke um, some constitutional laws about compulsory acquisition and payment on just terms. And I think politically that would also be quite undesirable um, 
to pass a law that takes copyright away from an Aboriginal person, property away from an Aboriginal person. But essentially that's, unless the government can come to an agreement with Mr Thomas to buy the copyright from him, those are really the only options that the government has. Right. So either Mr Thomas has to give up uh, his copyright of, of his artistic work or the government has to buy the copyright from him for the flag to be freed effectively. It, it, have I got it right? Yes, I suppose they could pass legislation that took the copyright away from him. Right. They'd have to pay compensation for that or they could buy it from him or they could take a licence from him as well, in much as the way Wham Clothing has. Okay, but in the end it really rests with the artist um, un- unless he's forced to give up the copyright, which, as you said, would be rather undesirable. Yes, exactly. It's his property and so the decision of what to do with it really rests with him. If we don't do anything about this, it will resolve itself, won't it, once the copyright runs out after so many years after he's created or after his death, is that correct? Yes, but that could that could potentially be a long time in the future, so at least 70 years after he dies. That is a long time. And I should say that we did reach out to the artist, Harold Thomas, for this story, but we didn't hear back in time. I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but having worked in Canberra for a little while, 70 years doesn't actually seem like that long to wait. Parliaments do not (laughs) usually move quickly on these things, and I think that might be the most efficient way to deal with this. That is a very terrible endorsement of all of our politicians, (laughs) Miss Smethurst. Bearer of bad news. Okay, that is it for our show today. But coming up tomorrow, we're going to take a look at the toll that COVID-19 has taken on Victoria's health workers. That is on tomorrow's show. As always, subscribe to the potty, tell a friend and tell us how much you love it. Catch you soon. A Podcast One production.